0: Are you ready to get your sports banter on? Brian Heminger, love child of Albert Einstein and Howard Gosell, with a body chiseled by Zeus himself. Brandon Sharples, a man who could beat Mike Tyson. In a spelling bee, together they form the At Odds Podcast.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the At Odds podcast, Back from the Dead, brought to you by Belly Up Sports. I am your host, Brian Hemminger, joined today by our fabulous co-host, Brandon Sharples. Brandon, how you doing today, man?
0: Pretty good, Brian. Uh, what happened to calling me Silky Smooth, baby? <laughs> I forgot. It. It's been what, back.
1: four months? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Brandon. Silky Smooth Sharples. I will always, always have that nickname from you from now on. So don't ever forget one. All right. <laughs> but no, it's <laughs> awesome to be back, guys. It's really cool. Uh, took a little hiatus. We Brian got a new job and uh, you know, I, I moved up to, I didn't move up to Ann Arbor, but I work in Ann Arbor at the VA hospital up there and go to school up in Ann Arbor. So, you know, we took a little bit of time apart,
1: but we got some new adventures going on and we're back,
0: back better than ever
1: right yeah and we've got some uh, a lot of exciting stuff to talk about uh, not just in the sports world but just what's been going on with us so I I figured I'd let you get started first Brandon since you've got the most big changes going on so take it away man
0: all right so like I said I moved up to Ann Arbor Uh, I'm working in the oncology hematology with cancer patients up there um you know, some of the best and worst times up there, you know what I mean? So I don't want to get too much into that. This is a good time. Uh, But uh, that was something I, that I started. I started going to school at Eastern Michigan University. I'll be starting at University of Michigan. I'll be a Wolverine in the fall. And uh, I'm starting to, I actually changed my major. Um, I was a molecular major and I actually was going into my senior year. I'm pretty far into that degree and I just kind of had a change of heart. Of what i wanted to do with my life i think that's okay you know i think everybody needs to start figuring out ways to enjoy their life instead of just kind of going with emotions and picking something and what and what i enjoy the most is i'm you know i love sports i love talking about sports i love writing about sports i love this podcast i love writing i write you know little small movie scripts i write show scripts and i'm hoping to move that forward so i changed my degree to electronic media with the emphasis on Uh, journalism and television and uh, you know it's it's something I'm pretty excited about and I think that's gonna kind of mend well what we're doing here. Um, We just started this Belly Up Sports which is a new sports media company that me, Mike Brown, uh, Blaine Napier and yourself Brian have all kind of chipped in and, and started over here in the last week. We really got things rolling. We got our we got our website going up, BellyUpSports.com. We got Twitter at BellyUpSports. We got our Facebook page, and you know things are things were launched today. We launched it today. So if any listeners out there or future listeners, go ahead and check those places out. It's super excited about that. We got a lot of things going on. Um, some little things I want to talk about with that is uh, in addition to this podcast that we've kind of blended together with that with that company that we started. Um, we're going to be, I'm going to be and I and whoever else, whoever wants to join me, Brian, you can join me, Blaine, Mike, anybody that wants to join me, um, I'm, I'm going to be resigning from my position at the VA starting at the end of this. Month, and I'm going to focus a hundred percent of my attention on finishing school and running this company with these guys. And I'm super excited. And I'm, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be starting in Ohio and up into Michigan, Ann Arbor, uh Toledo, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Dayton, Columbus, anywhere. You know, into Fort Wayne, anywhere. And I'm gonna be traveling to different restaurants, um, and different uh breweries. I'm gonna be trying different craft beers, I'm gonna be trying uh, you know, man food, wings, beer, uh, ribs, chicken, all that stuff. Just really uh I'm gonna really hone in on with a man life. You know what I mean? What it takes to be a man these days. And uh I'm gonna be eating all this food. I'm going to be doing reviews on it and I'm going to be doing reviews on the beer and I'm just going to make fun videos and I'm going to be making videos of me driving to these places and my road rage habits and basically just filming you know exciting things about my daily day-to-day life and uh, you know bring some entertainment to all these people and really try to grow this company and make it something unique so I'm really excited about that and I'm excited for everybody to be able to be a part of that and you know, I've been writing these blogs. I wrote up my first blog. Everybody checked that out, too, about why America is so unpatriotic towards the patriots, why everybody hates them. So the, I wrote a nice little blog about that, so go ahead and check that out. So that's pretty much what we got going on right now, Brian. What about you?
1: Yeah, well, you know me. I I always keep crazy busy. Sometimes it makes me very difficult to get a hold of. But uh, I, as you guys remember, about the time of our last episode, I think I was announcing that I just – got a job as a news writer over at Upper Sandusky's Daily Chief Union newspaper. And at the time I got hired, I was the, the lowest person on the totem pole, writer number four, the most recent hire. And since then, I'm already the number two in seniority. <laughs> We've had two people leave. Um, so I have risen through the ranks. I'm now the, the lead news writer over there. So I handle like all kinds of that stuff. Uh, all the village council meetings. Anytime like a state representative stops in the area, they get to talk to me or a congressman. Like you name it, anything news related. Like some guy took his car, his truck, and drove right through the Bridgestone factory in Upper Sandusky and did over a million dollars in damage this week. And I got to go over there and get like quotes from the Bridgestone people and pictures from the police department. And I mean, it's, it's a blast. I am absolutely loving my job uh, and I love getting to tell people stories and reporting news. So that, that's one of the things I do. I also edit still over at MMA oddsbreaker.com. And uh, that is a site that like releases all the betting odds for all the, the MMA fights, UFC, Bellator, you name it. Uh, and then I also still do prospect writing for the Indians so, and then on top of that, we're doing the podcast again. So I'm going to be all over the place, but we have set down a, a solid schedule that shouldn't interfere with any of the stuff I'm doing. Uh, we'll be doing this show, not just once a week, but twice a week. Uh, tonight, we're doing it on Tuesday, but that's not going to be our regular night. We're doing it on Tuesday because we launched the Belly Up uh, website today. But moving forward, we're going to be having every episode on t- Thursday nights and Monday nights at 10 p.m. So it shouldn't interfere with anybody's sports watching for the weekend. It shouldn't interfere too much with like Monday night football or any of that stuff. It should just be just about the perfect time to just settle in and listen and enjoy the show. So I'm really excited about what we're doing moving forward.
0: Yeah, me too, man. I'm ready to get into it right now.
1: What do we got for our first
0: topic for these guys?
1: First topic for today, obviously, we just had the AFC and NFC title games. They decided who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl. And I want to hear everything you have to say about the Minnesota Vikings, your team, against the Philadelphia Eagles and what happened in that game. Because I know, for me, I could talk for hours, days and days about when the Indians choked against the Yankees in the playoffs. So I want to hear what happened with you and and your team. It was just a nightmare for me. I, I hadn't
0: been that excited for an NFL game in a long, 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 long time, a really long time. And probably since the, at least since the saints and the Vikings played in the NFC championship game, and the Vikings should have won that one as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's recap that. We fumbled inside the 22 times going into the red zone. And then we're driving. We're within field goal field goal range and far rolls right, throws cross body left and throws a pick. And we end up going going overtime and we lose in that stupid rule back then where they all they had to do was kick a field goal and we didn't get a chance to run it back. They changed that whole overtime rule because of it. So, so my heartbreak led to hell change <laughs> in the overtime rule. So I had to deal with that bullshit. And, uh, you know, the Vikings have been just kind of mediocre ever since. And I, this year I was just excited, extremely efficient on offense, the best defense in football, best, you know, ever just across the board, them in Saxonville, were just dominating the NFL defensively. And the, the Philly lost Carson Wentz and I didn't see any place on the field outside of their line, like their O line, is pretty good, but they had some injuries on injuries on there, and some guys coming back from injury. They weren't 100% on the offensive line, so I thought that our defensive line would be able to make a push towards that. And the only the only place I thought Philly had any sort of fucking advantage whatsoever was the defensive line in the entire game, from from top to bottom. And that defensive line did show up. They they pressured the shit out of Case Keenum. He obviously didn't show up for the the whole team didn't show up for the moment we the very first drive we ran right down the field score that touchdown it, it it looked like we were just you know running drills it was so, so simple i was like wow we're going to beat these guys and after that first drive we just fell apart we, we made zero adjustments whatsoever we changed it they were, they were running blitzing constantly all they were doing blitz 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 running straight up the field we ran no screen game we we didn't do Shit, we never went deep. And it was just a terrible gameplay. Never made any adjustments. It was just like we got out coached. And then I started thinking to myself, man, if we did make it to the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick would have fucked us up if this is the kind of coaching adjustments we're, you know, equipped to make. So yeah, I was I was pretty upset about that. And uh it got to the point where I just couldn't even barely watch the damn thing. But as a fan of football, as a fan of the Vikings and the fact I wanted to watch the whole game and be able to talk and point about it. I finished the damn game out and I dealt with the bullshit. But they made Nick Foles look like fucking Tom Brady in his prime when he's playing with Moss. I mean, this dude was throwing the ball all over the field, running he was running bootlegs, just sling it in ten ten inch windows. I mean, he was just doing everything. He had all day back there and it was just it was just a nightmare. It was just an absolute nightmare. We had drop ball, guys not running routes, rounding out routes. It was just ridiculous, and I felt like they just didn't even want to be there. And you got Philly fans just loud as shit in the whole stadium, and it just – honestly, what do you want me to say about it? They choked. They they had – they were from special teams to receivers to running back even the quarterback to defensive, uh, you know, backfield to the linebackers other than the defensive line and the probably the offensive line was a wash at this point. Where on paper were the Vikings to put this game? Let alone get beat thirty-eight to seven to the frickin' Eagles. The Eagles, to me, they being an as a one seed at home just shows where the level of uh, you know where the difference in talent was on that on that field. Vegas thought that the Vikings were so superior in talent that they gave them a three-point, they were a three and a half at one point, favorites at home against the one seed. So everybody if you for one call me Homer, but Vegas, who's in the you know into making money, is you know that's where they put their money on uh, the Vikings covering that. So uh, I'm not
1: as crazy as people like to think. So uh, that's my take on okay. that. It was fucking bullshit. Yeah. For me, the tone of the entire game shifted after Minnesota scored. Philly punted. Like that's the moment right there where Minnesota could have like put a stranglehold on the Eagles. They get the ball. Yeah. They, they have a six. They, they get six plays in, and then boom, interception for a touchdown.
0: Minnesota never he didn't recovered. a break on that throw. On that throw, what the hell was he doing? They said, "Oh, you know, his arm got hit. He didn't. He wasn't able to make the throw. You know, that's why it was a little short. Even if he wasn't, even if he didn't get interfered with, even if he just had a clean pocket to throw the ball, where was the ball going to go? He was double teamed. It was a terrible decision to throw." that ball nobody's calling mckinnon gets blocked and it was just freaking Dar- darby Ronald darby just levels mckinnon only guy on the field that could even make the tackle to stop that so you know from that moment on it was just over and, and if you saw my facebook once they scored that second time i even wrote I like yeah this shit's over you can just tell i i'm really good at like telling what the flow of the game like i will say it's over because even if it's 14-0, everybody's like, oh, no, these comebacks happen. Not likely. Not likely. Like when they were playing the Saints, when the Saints came, came within two, I was like, this game's over. I go, we can't move the ball, and we're not stopping anybody. This game's over. I'm, I'm sitting here at my parents' house with my stepdad next to me. He's like, oh, it ain't over. It ain't over until And then Saints kicked the field goal to win the game. And obviously, we, we had that miracle, and we won the game, obviously. But it mm-hmm. took a miracle. I still knew that where we it was basically over is because you can tell by the flow of the game. And I can tell by the flow of that game that the Vikings were just not going to win that game. Especially when I thought maybe when they came at well, one, they gave up that field goal at the very end of the, fir- of the first half. And that was just terrible. So that really put a damper on it. then Philly got the ball back and they made adjustments. It was over. The Vikings just, they just like to make heartbreak for everybody. They they had no business losing to the Saints in, in two thousand and nine and two thousand ten. Well it was two thousand ten, but two thousand nine season. They had no business losing the Saints. They kept fumbling the ball away, like I said earlier. And ninety uh ninety eight when Moss is rookie year, they're fifteen and one. They lose dirty birds when Gary Anderson misses the only kid all year. Goes overtime, yep. they lose in overtime. Uh they get blown out by the Giants in 0-2. Or you know that was 2001, yeah 2001. It got blown out by the Giants like 49-7, something like that, or 49. It was I can't remember. I, was, I remember just fear being furious and getting blown up. People calling me my phone. This is this is pre-cell phone day, so people were actually calling my house phone to f- fucking harass me about that Giants game. <laughs> so
1: I was like, you know, I you know want to I mean? sympathize with you. I really do. But being a Browns fan and just watching my team go 0-16. It's tough.
0: <laughs> no, you can sympathize with me because, as, 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 yeah, you as know, remarkable as the Browns' story of but yeah, well, it's not even just that. It's that you know we're there, we're right there. We, you know there was a, we were favored to win that game to go to the Super Bowl and play in our home field. Yeah, and the Browns, you know. They they're just the Browns, you know. It's one of those things where like the Browns fans get super pissed, but they're never going anywhere. Do you remember uh, our last podcast that we had about the NFL? We both thought the Browns would be good. I thought they'd be eight and eight. Like they have a good roster.
1: I I didn't expect them. I didn't expect them quite to be eight and eight, but I thought that they would. I I think I joked that I thought they would double their win total from last year and the year before. They had one win, and they couldn't even do that. oh uh, <laughs> yeah so but no okay, yeah let, the let's, talk about, <laughs> let's talk about a game that was actually competitive and it was you know the Patriots Jaguars that's the one everybody's talking about yeah Brady with so, another fourth quarter comeback
0: go so, ahead and talk about it I I got all kinds of things to say about that but I'll let you
1: go first <laughs> and, I, and I, well, I'll interject I, if I have to Oh, that's fine. Um, you know, it was it was a, a classic battle. Uh, you know, it seems like this happens all the time. Like a team can get out and jump on the Patriots, and then you know Belichick makes some sort of genius adjustment. I hate that asshole so much, but I I respect him. And then they make this crazy comeback. It happened in the Super Bowl. It happened, you know, constantly throughout the season. It happened in the. I think it happened. The, the other game in the playoffs too, uh, before the Jaguars. So, I mean, it just—it just feels like you can never count the Patriots out, no matter what. And you just—I want them to lose. I—I'm I, one of those assholes that uh, is constantly cheering against the Patriots because maybe because I'm just so used to failure from my teams that I—I I hate the teams that have constant success. So I want them so would to go you down. Say it's the- is it safe to
0: say that you just don't like their success, that you you just you will admit that you have a little bit of a jealousy towards their success?
1: Oh, of course, especially being a fan of Ohio sports. Um, you know, the one shining bright, shining moment for Ohio sports fans is, is the Buckeyes. I mean, because our most of our teams okay. have just been massive losers. I mean, the Indians right now are the longest uh, team in baseball without a championship like now like the white Sox got theirs the red Sox got theirs the cubs got theirs and now the indians well, the since 1940 I'm a rangers won. fan my entire life and we have zero I know, they've never had one but you know what the rangers didn't exist when the indians won their last world series so the indians still got to beat. Yeah we, we, we,
0: we, we were made in the in the 70s
1: but yeah um it's it's interesting
0: it's interesting that that the, that the browns uh that the browns do have a lot of history of either passing oh. up I actually have
1: a, Yeah. I have a funny part <laughs> for you or, before we get to that, okay? In yeah. the last twenty years, okay, or no, in the last thirty years, who is the winningest Browns coach? Eric Mangini. Nope. Who is it? Bill Belichick. Are you shitting me? No. <laughs>
0: He, did he was only the there for like one two year. or
1: three seasons, and that fucker won like 10 games each year. <laughs> and they went to the playoffs every year awesome. before, they, before they left.
0: <laughs> yep. Hey, they left. It was though. Bill it's, it's, That's great, man. That is awesome. He's the best. Th- I mean, you can't deny this kind of shit, and I'm glad that you can openly admit you seem to have character, so at least you can admit <laughs> that. It's just kind of a jealousy thing that you're just sick of seeing the same people. There's other people that just go a step further, and it's just always, oh, the refs, this, Bella or Belichick's paying the refs, he's whispering their ear. Or, or Goodell, you know, he makes so much money off of Patriots winning. He doesn't make money off the Patriots winning. The dude went on a witch hunt that to destroyed Tom Brady's reputation and, and forced the Supreme Court to uphold a four game ban on his ass. Find the Patriots, you know, about a million dollars in total, and took their draft pick away from them. Why the why the hell? Still make this stupid. Yeah, why oh,
1: the yeah.
0: would he want? Why yeah, and they won. Why the hell would he want the Patriots to keep winning? It it takes away from the parity of the league for one, and and two, he it makes him look like an ass because he does he try to destroy them pretty much, and they still won. The only thing. That you can even consider some sort of conspiracy is that maybe the Patriots winning all the time creates some sort of buzz that unites the entire country to, to watch them lose. You know, it's like everybody always talk mad shit about Floyd Mayweather, but when the dude mm-hmm. fought, everybody watched because they're hoping to catch them him lose. They wanted to be a part of that. They wanted to be a part of his failure. That's how sad we are as a society that we would pay money to see people fail. <laughs> to make ourselves feel better at our shortcomings,
1: and that's all it is to me. It's not—it's yeah, people- not, not always shortcomings, though. Sometimes you know people play up being the villain because that makes money. Like people will root against you. So yeah, exactly. So it's—it's it's not always that they hate success. It's also you know they just hate a bad guy and they want to see the bad guy lose. And if you play that role, you can make a shit ton of money. Yeah, but usually the bad
0: guy is like. A very successful person. <laughs> so I think mm-hmm. it coincides. Like people always like to play the moral card, uh, cheating bastards, blah blah blah. But dude, those are the same people who are probably cheating at their job, or you know, lackluster cheating on their spouses. You know, they don't have the highest moral ground either. But they, but they just, they just will get on these forums and these chats and just trash the shit out of Tom Brady and the Patriots. Trying to like devalue his greatness, saying that oh deflate gate, spy gate, blah blah blah. You know what? Everybody that's listening to this, I wrote that blog and it has all this in there. So please read it. It's an amazing blog. And it just goes over basically Spygate was definitely an over is over exaggerated issue. They just filmed the coaching signals that was a from across the sideline, which was actually a uh, a common practice for decades in the NFL. It was so commonly used that 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 year they did that, a new memo was sent out by the NFL telling all the teams to stop doing it. The Patriots just didn't listen to the memo and and did it in a different way. And it was week two of the season. And what did they do once they got called out? They – they basically proved they wanted to prove to America that hey, this is some bullshit. It gives you the slightest advantages, if any. So guess what we're gonna do? We're gonna set every scoring record in the NFL. Brady's gonna throw 50 touchdown passes. Moss is gonna catch 23, and we're gonna go sixty and 0 and shove it up your asses. And they did. They killed everybody. And that's what they did. And uh, you know, same with the flake gate. It's it's ridiculous. The balls were deflated so slightly that a, a freaking teenager actually. Did the math on this and the, their math was wrong, and that they definitely could have deflated due to the cold. But what they did do is they replaced the balls with regulation air in them in the second half and they outscored them. The Colts 28 nothing. and it was 17 7.5. They proceeded to outscore them 28 nothing in the second half with regulation balls. Where in that is there a tainted Super Bowl that everybody calls deflate gate tainted? How's that tainted? The dude took regulation balls and beat their ass even more. And then when everybody was on their ass about it, they went to the Super Bowls regulation and beat the Legion of Boom and won again. So it's like, where's all this tainted bullshit at? It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. The refs are not in their back pocket. It just it I I cringe every the two times this year when the when the. Patriots were on the winning end of, like, the overturned touchdowns, like with uh, Buffalo and the Jets. It was – I cringe because I'm like, great. The whole goddamn country is going to be talking shit about Tom Brady and and saying that this is rigged and all this other shit. I just cringe. But, you know, this shit happened to the Lions. The Lions were the originators of getting fucked over by touchdowns getting reversed. Remember that Calvin Johnson? There was, like, a couple of them that happened to them. The The Patriots were nowhere near that damn game. But nobody cares because I can't even. I because guess what? You can't. Even, I don't even remember who they were playing that Calvin Johnson catch. I really don't remember when it when they re- reversed that Calvin Johnson touchdown because he had the ball in his hand and touched the ground. I don't even remember who they're playing, and that's why the, the America doesn't care because it was an insignificant team they were playing and didn't have any significance on the field or on the season. But they but with the Patriots, they know the Patriots are so good that they don't want the average Joe teams to be getting screwed by the Patriots getting any sort of advantage and it's like people always talk about tom brady having all these uh you know these people like gronk and welker and all these you know what tom brady has done more with less than any other quarterback in history of the nfl i don't even care if he has gronk gronk hasn't been healthy ever he just left game. he only played half a game less than half a game against Jacksonville, and they still came back and won without him he is he takes people like edelman and and, ter- and turns Welker into this monster, and then and, and he just takes Chris Hogan and makes Chris Hogan, who was an afterthought in Buffalo, and makes him a number two wide receiver. He, you know, uh, my boy, my favorite player of all time, Moss, fucking wilting away in in Oakland, goes over the goes over the Patriots sets up all these records and gets in and helps them go 16 and oh, it's like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick make everybody around them better.
1: And that's why, Yeah, I think you, you can them. tell, you can tell by how much success some of those guys have when they leave too. You yeah. Know what I mean, like a lot of those put like skill players, like a lot of them don't do a whole lot, like, but they do amazing things when they're with the Patriots. I mean, it seems like the only exactly. guy that's done amazing since he left uh, was Jimmy Garoppolo, which you totally called. Oh, yeah. You know I love Jimmy. I was begging for Vikings <laughs> to
0: get his ass. But uh, I love Jimmy Garoppolo. But uh, um, I think the only one Welker, when he went to um, – mm-hmm. he, did, he did
1: okay with uh, the Broncos, yeah.
0: Yeah. He had a good couple seasons. So. And then he, the, the concussions held up. But other than Welker, I mean, I can't think of anybody that left there and dominated. Blunt left there after scoring 18 touchdowns in Canada was pretty much mediocre. This year only had two touchdowns Mm -hmm. Uh, and he scored that one against the Vikings. But yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, you just gotta, at this point in time, you just have to accept the greatness, stop making excuses. You know, it's okay to acknowledge somebody's amazing at something and that you're not, you know what I mean? Or that your favorite team's not, you know, it's just, it's okay to acknowledge that people are better. So uh, that's my take. But as far as if we want to go back to that game, um, you know, the the turning point was obvious, was obvious. They started, they game planned around that aggressive, basically what happens to Saxonville, I, I, I can't even call Jacksonville, Saxonville only ever rushes four. So they're constantly – were constantly being able to run these zone defenses and stuff like that, and they and can they, they go man-to-man with, like, Ram, uh, Ramsey on the outside and stuff like that, and they, and they just game-planned around that, and they made adjustments mid-game. They started hitting them with these uh, crossing routes, like, hardcore, and they were just getting the ball out quick, 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 chunking them down the field, then they were, and then they hit that uh, Hogan down the sideline. That was a long pass, and it was just uh, – and then they were getting penalties because, what like, Bowie and Ramsey, they just could not – they cannot keep uh, keep up. They couldn't keep up. They were just, when you run those crossing routes, you're in man to man. I mean, you're, you're you're just basically draining the shit out of those defensive backs, and they're just starting to get tired. And they just couldn't keep up anymore. And Brady just basically, Brady, basically, what Belichick and Brady do is they they take these defenses and they just wear them down, and with these short, quick throws, and they're and they're making everybody run man to man by spreading them out. They spread everybody out. They make they're forcing linebackers to cover um, you know, the running back because all of New England running backs are basically slot receivers at some point. So mm-hmm. they're just spreading them out, tiring them down, and you know, teams like Jacksonville and the Vikings, anybody else that those sort of aggressive defenses that can rush for it and you know kick everybody else back. They uh you know, they get tired. You know, they get tired because the Patriots just make these adjustments and they're just sling the ball over the damn field and eventually they know they're just gonna get mismatches. So that's what, at the end of the day, it's just it's just as simple as Belichick and Brady made adjustments, and that's it. And the rush did not blow the fucking game. I don't want to hear that shit. Stop being haters. That's not the case. <laughs> There's missed calls everywhere. I don't want to see these fucking still shots of people getting held held on the end while Deion Lewis is running for the game-winning touchdown. You know what? You can probably find fourteen or fifteen of those damn things for Jacksonville's favor throughout that game, too. You know what I mean? You can probably look in the fourth or first quarter yeah. and if you, you probably only look at one
1: side, then yeah, you're
0: going to see the offenses. Yeah, I think you could probably call holding on every damn play. The game would never end. You know what I mean? There's holding all <laughs> over the damn field. It's a, it's a judgment call, and you know it is yeah. what it is. You can I guarantee, like, if you just. Rewatch the game, you can find still shots of, of Jacksonville holding. You can probably find them of, of defensive holding, offensive holding. You, know, you can find them all over the place. That's the damn nature of the business. So I hear it. I don't want to hear it. The best team won, you know, and, and the Vikings deserve to lose. They play like shit. And I don't think that Nick Folds is going to be able to do shit against the Patriots. I think that this is going to be too big of a stage for him. I think the Patriots are going to win. I, told, I put this on Facebook, and I, and I still think it holds true. Patriots are five and a half point favorite. I think they, I think they're going to win by ten plus. I don't. I think that the only thing that's going to happen is early on in the game, Philly is going to be able to bring pressure and it's going to. People are going to be talking shit about Brady on on Facebook and Twitter for the probably the first half. I would not doubt if the Eagles go in halftime with like a thirteen ten lead or some shit like that, right?
1: But yep. All right, as the game goes on, I actually have something I wanted to interrupt with. We have a caller on the line. Bill from Philadelphia wants to talk about those penalties that you were referencing. So, Bill, let's hear it. The floor is yours, man. Guys, hey, oh, we're doing great. Hey, I was really appreciate your call. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Hey, I was I was wondering real quick if we could go back. And talk about the gay play. Uh, are you guys not partners?
0: No, we're not partners. Bill. Oh, you
1: you, uh, you kind of come off as, as partners.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Kind you kind of kinda come off as a douchebag. Hey, if you want to talk about sports, we can talk about sports. If we want to talk about how shitty Philly fans are, we got one right on the fucking line right now. <laughs>
1: uh, you guys are a bunch color, of fucking color. I love it. I love it. All right, we've got another caller on the line. I'm going to go check on them. So, Brandon, we'll see what happens. (laughs) Oh, Lord.
0: (laughs) That shit's so funny. But, yeah, Patriots, they're going to win the Super Bowl by 10-plus. That's the way it's going to happen because Philly's garbage. And that's why everybody fucking – Philly fans, I'm going to tell you right now, you're the only shitty fan base in the entire country that could possibly make the country root for the Patriots. Because you talk shit about 99-year-old women, and
1: you fucking spit and throw beer on people. Are All you right, back, we've Ryan? we got another caller. Yeah, we've got another caller. Mitch from St. Louis wants to talk about the comparison of Foles and Brady. So, Mitch, take it away, man.
0: Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Oh,
1: there?
0: it's going Great good. Tonight. Um, yeah, it was kind of just, you know, looking at the comparisons between, like, Brady and Foles. And I want to know which one you think would wear, like, a bigger jock strap. Dude, Brady
1: would definitely would wear a bigger jock strap. Oh,
0: Dude, the, the ball Brady? Up?
1: Definitely. Definitely Brady. Hey, let, let's talk about this for one.
0: One, Brady is things? extremely handsome. Two, he's banging you. Hold on, this is my show. We're going to talk about hockey now. No, we're not going to talk about <laughs> hockey. You want to talk about Vlad Samirskapinovich throwing a fucking slap shot. I don't care. We're, we're going to talk about
1: Brady cock
0: going into you. That's what we're going to talk about. All two colors,
1: right? two bright colors. Man. <laughs> oh, shit. I need to start remembering <laughs> these phone numbers to call it in from. No, let him call, dude. This is fun shit. No, I like it. I like it. i, I will never turn down a prank caller. I will get let them hey, get their remember, jab in. Hey, hey, do you remember yeah, that? I dude remember he was called he, astros- you went up talking for like ten minutes with that one guy about conspiracy <laughs> theories and aliens and shit. Like it was, no, he, said,
0: <laughs> that
1: was the best. he said he wanted to attach rocket ships to the earth and be able
0: to move it out of our asteroids orbit. And I'm like, he said I'm uh, this
1: is how we talked. I've been abducted by aliens and then they shove shit up my asshole.
0: <laughs> you remember that? And you fucking hug up on him. I go, Brian, what are you oh. doing? And you go, dude, we can't waste 15 minutes with this guy talking about shoving shit up his ass.
1: <laughs> I'll never <laughs> forget. I was doing Bloody Elbow Radio with Matt Bishop, and we had a guy call in, and we were talking about like how good of somebody was on the ground in in UFC, like with their Brazilian jiu-jitsu ability. And this guy goes. I've actually rolled with him and we're like, really, tell us about it. And he's like, yeah, uh, we were, you know, working on a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We were doing some sparring and he got on top of me and then, and then he entered me (laughs) and we're just like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Cause we were like so excited to hear this story of like how good that guy actually was on the ground. Like from somebody with experience that he was totally fucking with us. (laughs) Oh, Lord. That's that's what you got to yeah. deal with sometimes, but I love it. Hey, now, so fucking, they actually gives us a good fan. segue to <laughs> switch to our next subject. Yeah, since we just had a Philly, well, he said he was a Philly fan. I don't know, but uh, awful Eagles fans. So um, I'm sure you saw some videos out there of Eagles fans just treating some Vikings fans like absolute shit at the the NFC Championship game, uh, throwing stuff at them, taunting them, booing them. Um, There's some videos out there of some uh, Philly fans doing some pretty horrendous shit. And Philly fans have a pretty awful reputation. Like, it goes back 50 years, literally 50 years for Philly fans. But uh, is there anything in particular you wanted to say about uh, Philly fans before I get into my part?
0: Yeah, I mean, that shit includes... The Phillies, the the fucking Flyers for that hockey douchebag it just called, and who else? The, just the Eagles and they, I mean they all over the place. do like, you remember that oh, what was it? It's gotta be it had to been like almost ten years ago. But that Philly that guy intentionally threw up on an eleven year old girl at the Philly yep, Stadium. I remember that. Yeah, he <laughs> stuck his fingers down his <laughs> throat and down it. Shit. It, I think yeah, his name was the puke Man. Bag? I don't know what it was, but it was one of those that I remember. I, I'll, I'll never forget that. It's just shit like mm-hmm. that. And they, and they, you know, the Philly fans, they, they fucking beat up the Chief Z. <laughs> the fucking Redskins, uh, Redskins mascot. <laughs> it was this, like, old black dude in a freaking, in the Chief Z outfit, and they just beat his ass. It's shit like that. And, uh, and they, and oh, do you remember, like, and they, like when they drafted McNabb? They
1: booed the shit out of him. Yeah, that's
0: on a franchise quarterback. Yeah, it's
1: just like having a great career and then they boo the shit out of him. Take yeah, or the, take night he the got Super Bowl him. and everything.
0: Yeah, and that, and like they used to that's do these things like the Philly fans are crazy. They like throw them bot. Remember they wasn't it the Philly fans that threw the fucking big batteries on the field? Yep, was they that threw that the batteries Philly fans? That JD Drew. Yeah, and they threw beer bottles at Ryan Howard. Fucking douchebags, mm-hmm. and they, yeah. It, 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 oh, my
1: God. All I've shit. got more. I've got more if you want to hear them. Some all-time awful Philly fan moments. So I don't know if you remember this. Uh, this was when uh, the Phillies were playing the Cardinals, and Albert Pujols was in his absolute prime. He's up to bat. Some asshole Philly fan has a giant green laser pointer, and he shines it right in Pujols' eyes while he's up to bat. You could literally see it on television. Just yeah, this here. big green shit on his face. Like, probably a what fucking a shape dick. of an eagle. <laughs> an e- a shape of an <laughs> eagle event. laser pointer right on his eye. Here's, here's classic Philly. Michael oh. Irvin suffers a career-ending injury in 1999 at Philadelphia, and Philly's fans cheered. One of the greatest receivers oh, of nice. all time. Um, oh, yeah. All right. Here's another one. This one... This is a classic, okay? The very first person to ever have a successful hand transplant in the United States got brought out to throw the first pitch at a Phillies game, the ceremonial first pitch, and his pitch yeah. didn't go so well. He had a fucking hand transplant, okay? He bounced it. <laughs> he got booed. He, bounced it. he got booed oh my. by Phillies fans. <laughs> the is first. Money. Successful United States hand transplant got his ass booed. Come <laughs> on, guys! <laughs> well, and then number no, one all time, it's literally the 50 year anniversary this year. Billy's or the Eagles fans booed Santa Claus. They brought him out at halftime <laughs> of a game. They were on a two game winning streak at the time, and I think they were what winning seven nothing, and they booed Santa Claus at halftime and pelted him with snowballs. That was like in the 60s, huh? 68. 1968. 50-year anniversary of Eagles fans booing Santa Claus. All-time worst moment in fan history. Who booed Santa Claus? Do you know what's fucking hilarious about that?
0: Is that I uh, they were actually trying to get O.J. Simpson. <laughs> the Eagles were trying to get O.J. Simpson to be on a Squad that year, or they're trading for him, or doing, I can't remember something. So that that shitty ass fucking criminal ass fan base is about to get a murderer on their squad. Couldn't fit better, fucking assholes. <laughs> God, I cannot wait until Tom Brady just breaks his big jockstrap dick for that collar right off in Philly. Fucking, who has a bigger <laughs> dick, Nick Foles or Brady? What? That's ridiculous. That's like asking who has a bigger dick, that collar or me fucking obvious i'm swinging over here i'm an alpha male he's a fucking
1: pussy all right let's fucking roll with it we'll finish with one more uh well we'll finish the football conversation with one more football topic and i know this is something you're pretty passionate about but it is the ucf uh being champion posers after having their undefeated college football season in central florida uh, what is? What are your thoughts on uh, everything that's been going down recently with uh, Central Florida?
0: This is the. T- this is a typical fucking. This is just an absolute typical. How do I put this? This is just typical for the millennials of this fucking generation. They're so entitled. They can't accept defeat. Like Hillary fans, you fucking lost. Huh? You know, Trump's our president, but you know, the year later they're still marching with pussies on their heads. Now, you got UCF raising national championship banners when they didn't win the national championship. It's ridiculous. They played nobody. They played nobody. And and, and when they and who who did they who did they claim it? be Oh yeah, Memphis. No, I'm talking the regular season when they thought they should be in the oh, playoff before they played Auburn. They played Memphis, they were, and they gave up 55 fucking points to them, and they gave up 42 points the week before to USF, who is not, who wasn't even ranked. And then, was, and, and on top of that, after that, they they got, they got Georgia Tech was their second or third game of the season. It got canceled due to the weather or something. I can't remember what it was, but it got canceled, and I think it was due to that uh, hurricane and they never played them again i'm not saying they would have lost to georgia tech georgia tech was kind of mediocre this year but that's a that's a power five school that runs an option that's hard to defend with a lot of athletes that could have possibly beat them after you know before that they they i mean they smoked cincinnati and east carolina and and they won by 10 against uh one of the worst navy teams we've had in a decade you know they they put you know they they gave up 33 to austin p you know what i mean like they only beat s m u by seven, and they, you know they gave up twenty four to yukon What happens is you go into these bowl games, Auburn just got drilled by Georgia to the playoffs. What the hell else do they really got to play for those It's a psychological thing. these guys when you get the bowl season. Even though they're in Auburn, even though they're in Alabama and they're in warm weather anyways, it's a vacation when they go to bowl games. They get to go to stay in a hotel in, like, places like Florida and Hawaii and all over the place. And even if you go to, like, Motor City Bowl and shit like that, you're still on vacation with your boys in hotels, eating grub, you know, probably drinking some beers and doing whatever the fuck you want to do, going scoping some honeys and shit. The last thing you care about is we playing UCF. They did not – the game plan was not there. But on the flip side, UCS like man, we're playing Auburn. This is a chance to prove ourselves. We're gonna play our hearts out. On top of that, they got they do got a great coach. Scott Frost is awesome. I'm a huge Florida Gators fan, and I was really pushing for him to be our coach. And he would have been our coach if if Nebraska hadn't fired their coach and pretty much you know brought him back to his alma mater. He would be our coach right now. So he's a great coach. He had a great game plan. He had people that are just playing their asses off. He had a fucking defensive end that has one hand. He has one hand. He literally has a nub for another hand, and he was making plays all over the field. You know, he they say he single-handedly won the game for them. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's one of those things, man, where you just got to realize that they had a great season. I respect them. I loved watching them play. They're on almost every parlay that I put together this year for betting tickets because they covered a lot, and I can pick the over. I can pick the over, and they usually covered it. So yeah, I really liked UCF, but they're not the best team. They would get their ass matched. if they played Auburn in a, in a playoff for a, a fourteen playoff. Auburn would have beat the shit out of them because they had more to play. But on the flip side, Auburn was wildly inconsistent this year. They were winning against LSU and they and they came back and lost. And you know they, they had a couple of bad losses this year and or bad games this year. And uh, it's it's just one of those things where I just didn't put, I don't put too much stock in bowl games. I've I've seen, like, I'm a Florida Gators fan. We were a top four team when we played Louisville when Teddy Bridgewater was last year there. And we were heavy favorites, heavy favorites. And there wasn't a spot on the field out, outside of quarterback that we shouldn't have smoked their ass. And, and they killed us. And, and that's just, you see that. Or like when Oklahoma got beat by Boise State, that shit's not going to happen during the season. It's just not. You don't see that many upsets during the season. You see in-conference upsets. But you see these out-of-conference mismatches that never usually play out, like when Ohio State plays Miami, you know, shit, shit like that. You never mm-hmm. see upsets like that. Well, you do, but randomly. In both seasons, you see it all the time. You see all these upsets constantly. Remember when Utah waxed Bama when Saban was yep. there? Yeah, that shit happens. So I, didn't put, I don't put too much stock into this shit. So am I taking away from UCF? To, are they deserving of a top-five ranking? Sure. Why not? There's Nobody was great this year. Nobody was really that spectacular. So, yeah, they deserve to be a top five team. They earned that. They earned that respect. But they're coming back. But now they're, they're saying they want to schedule all these, like, future games with, like, Bama and shit. Y'all, y'all just lost Scott Frost. And you replaced him with Josh Heupel, who's now fat. I don't know if you remember Josh Heupel, but he was the Heisman runner-up for Oklahoma in 2000 when they won the national championship over Florida State. He was a runner-up to Chris mm-hmm. Winkie. He is now their coach. He was Missouri's offensive coordinator. He tore shit up. I mean, he, he's a great offensive mind, but he's unproven. So I I think that this one season has got you these UCF people that are coming out of the woodwork thinking that they're now a staple in college football. No, you are now Utah. No, you're not even Utah. You're like when Tulane went. Tulane went, like, I think it was 97, something like that, 97, 98. Tulane went 10-0, and, and everybody thought that they were going to be, like, a new, like – Mid-major staple in college football? No, they suck. You know they're not shit anymore. So, you know, so it's like that's that's what UCF is. They're going to be decent for a little while, and that's about it. They're not going to come back. They're not going to be thirteen, fourteen, fifteen and zero anymore. They lost their coach. They're not going to get those same recruits coming. So yeah, it is what it is. So congrats on the season. I, I am proud of them that you know they did. They won. their are zero and fifth or what? Zero and eleven. Just two years ago now they went like 14-0 11, oh, yeah. or 13-0 they went 13-0 this year and they all 0-11 like two years ago so yeah that's an amazing accomplishment hats off to you but don't be a pussy don't be any little stupid liberal millennial losers wearing pussy hats you're now wearing a national championship hat that is equivalent to a pussy hat marching down the fucking street okay so if you would are you be if you're a part in the of the playoffs 18 no, they would have got in for I'll, sure for sure no they wouldn't have actually I think they would have got fucked on that, which would have been travesty by the way i'm a i'm all for uh I'm all for a eighteen playoff that features the five power conference champions and you then you put in three large people um and pro, mate, one of them mate being like the mid major guys. I'm all for that. I'm also for uh, a six, expanding it to six teams and having the number one two seeds get buys. I mean, I mean, you can even do that, but people are thinking you can going to expand this shit to like 16 and 32 teams. I mean, that's ridiculous.
1: No, it's never going to get that. I think eight would be perfect.
0: Yeah. I, I don't see no, why, why, right. why yeah. you would
1: ever need to do 16, but I think eight and, would, and would and be just keep, right. And,
0: yeah, and then well, they're, they're expanding down to saying like Division 2, II, Division 3, FCS, all those guys are they're in the uh they have a playoff system and it's kind of extensive. Well, you wanna know something? Mm-hmm. You get injuries in football and as much as it sucks for them in division two, three, like not to give as much respect, and they do produce a handful of NFL guys every couple of years. These guys in division one, you're you're kind of gambling with their futures. These guys are gonna be going pro. Not you know not all of them obviously a smaller percentage of them but you're still playing with guys' alive when you're making them play an extra two games a season and and it's teams like Alabama and Miami and you know I'm just thinking of like good defenses that are coming up right now that you know are smashing people and you're gonna make teams play extra games and it's just like kind of like I can see expanding it to eight and adding an extra game but like at the end of the day you know you got to think of health and you got to think of the future of the NFL and all that stuff so. I'm a business guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm business minded. You know, I'd be a good freaking sports agent. <laughs> I, I'm all about thinking about the, I'm thinking down the road, the monetary value of things. And and, and these guys are valuable and you, I, I don't want to damage products by, you know, extending the season, another game. Each game is another chance for somebody to pull their ACL. So, yeah. So that's my take on that. What do you think? What do you think about UCF? Brian, are you there? Oh, i think i lost you let's see here
1: let's ask let's ask and see if somebody else is uh all right. we is got him. we got another caller there, brian we got duke yeah yeah i'm here we got duke from cleveland he he has something he'd like to say about the ucf situation and uh he's not a fan of alabama so duke take it away man
0: all right hey thanks for having me what? on my, my no
1: pleasure. our pleasure
0: the UCF claim to the national title. I want to know if you guys think this has anything to do with the fact that Nick Saban has no soul and Jesus hates Alabama. <laughs> I think he has a See, soul. It's just been taken over by greatness. You know? and He's got that stone that's wrapped around that soul, and then you can never touch it. So it's in there, it's just he's harnessing all that power. I think Tom that's Brady, what it is. He sold that soul to the devil.
1: Tom Brady, Tom Brady. See, my problem with saying that Jesus hates Alabama is if he hated them so much, why would they keep winning? And I hate Alabama. So I can't say Jesus hates Alabama because you would think he must like them a little bit if they keep winning the damn national championship every other year, which is just so frustrating to me. So I don't know. I, I have to counter the claim that Divinity is against Alabama. If anything, they're in favor like they're they're blessed at hey, times. They, getting... they, say, they say Jesus resides in the South, right? <laughs> they're like, all church goers down there. Alabama man. is one of the worst states in the United States in terms of like all the metrics, like bottom five. But they just continually get the elite athletes. So something has to be going on over there that. Uh, Something something right is going on over there at that college with their recruiting and everything that they're able to continually uh, get these elite NFL ready players. That's Agreed exactly what it That's is. That's Well they and what and
0: what do you, what do you think about Tom Brady selling his soul? Do you think do you think it's because he's so good at football or he's so good looking and he has a hot wife? Which which part of it is it? No, no, no. So Nick Saban <laughs> sold soul to the devil. Tom Brady showed me the receipt.
1: <laughs> ah <laughs> I like it I like it <laughs> oh and that Lord, might man. Be, he might have made a deal with the devil because how else would you get so many people to go to such an awful awful place you know like lowest yeah Jesus. like literacy lowest pop poverty like the only thing worse than Alabama is like Mississippi in terms of the United States and like the Arkansas brother is Arkansas, Arkansas is worse pretty poor too uh, I know. It might be. Pretty much, all three states. All the SEC. Yeah, but, that's
0: why they. That's why those fans are so rabid for the damn football, brother. That's all they got. Yeah. <laughs> they live for those Saturdays. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> you know, college, know ever say, <laughs> You know what they always say, you know, when you're unemployed, weekends are meaningless. <laughs> you know who said that? <laughs> Kenny's dad on South Park. He said, oh, that's when "You're funny. unemployed." Weekends are meaningless, (laughs) and Kyle's dad's like,
1: I don't know what the fuck to say to that. (laughs) Yeah, no, man. I get, I,
0: you know. So you think that? What is your take on UCF, though? I tried to ask you that, you kind of blocked me in mid rant. I came back to silence. I was like,
1: uh, I didn't think that they belonged in the top four, but they are my argument for an expanded playoff. Is I think that they. You know, with the fact that they were able to beat Auburn, you know, say what you want. Auburn beat Alabama and Georgia, so the fact yeah, that Georgia they came were back able and beat to the, beat, the
0: shit out of them,
1: I know, I know they did, but they still Auburn is was capable of beating both teams in the national championship game, and and UCF played amazing against them, and so I think that that is a good argument for an expanded playoff because based on the regular season alone no UCF did not deserve it but they're a team that I think definitely would have been in an at-large bid for number eight and who knows like how amazing would it have been to see UCF beat like Ohio State in the first round and advanced and play somebody else like like if you know they had played Auburn or if they'd have played Auburn and then that would have sent them to play you know uh, an Oklahoma or a Clemson, like they're the ultimate underdog. It's like when George Mason went to the Final Four, you know. Hey, you know what? I'm all for
0: UCF beating Ohio State to have to get further in the playoffs. <laughs> you know that. Son. Yeah.
1: Well, oh, without inconsistent oh, consistent, the Buckeyes were this year. It could have happened. I mean, the team that lost to Iowa could have got beat by anybody in the country that night. Not Florida. We were fucking Garbo. <laughs> <laughs> they were, didn't you pick Florida to win the national championship during our college football? Preview? You're goddamn right I did. You're <laughs> goddamn right I did. I don't give a shit. I, I need to I'll go, go back and that. save that audio. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs>
0: Whatever. <laughs> I didn't pick the uh, Patriots to go win the Super Bowl, but I picked them undefeated. Remember? I said they're going to run the table. Yeah. And then they lost to the Chiefs. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> there goes that idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Would the they loved
0: their first game. Yeah. I was uh, like, Jesus. What a wild I'm pretty year. Sure
1: that I cur-
0: yeah, I cursed them for sure. Oh, yeah, real quick, who do you think deserves the NFL MVP? Do you think Tom Brady deserves it? Do you think that uh, Todd Gurley deserves it? Or do you think Carson Wentz deserves it,
1: even though he missed three games? I go Todd Gurley, man. They always give it to quarterbacks. But, I mean, Gurley had an absolutely monster year on a revitalized Rams team um yeah. that was one of the better teams in the league because of him i mean yeah golf was good but Gurley is the best running back in the nfl right now and he had an awesome year so i think he i, I did i mean i did say that golf's going to be very improved with McVay, and i i, I he didn't was say he's improved. gonna be this good
0: i i did but i remember i, I did say i was like you know expect mm-hmm. a, a bounce back season from golf and I, I thought todd girly have a bounce back season uh I, I made a huge mistake in fantasy football this year. I actually had Todd Gurley in the queue. I was a, a second overall pick. Obviously, I got fucked in taking David Johnson because Paul oh. took Paul took uh on Bell, who I thought was I was going to have. I thought Paul was going to take because David Johnson was number one in the queue. Paul usually kind of takes whoever's there, the best player available. So I was like, yes, I'm going to get Bell. That's who I really wanted anyway, and he took Bell. So I got stuck with David Johnson which uh, it was all right, but he got, obviously got hurt. Uh, my second pick coming through, um, I took A.J. Green. And I needed to get a receiver, and obviously receivers the last couple of years have been going like like candy, you know what I mean? So I really had no other top receivers to pick from, so I took him. And I knew I was going to wrap around. Well, I had Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley fell through the cracks. and We were in an eight-team league, so it's not like a 12-team league, you know. So he he went all the way through. I had him in the queue. And I had Brandon Cooks in the queue, and I'm like, you know what? Brandon Cooks, not only is he a slot threat, but he is a deep threat as well, and I he got Tom Brady. I
1: thought he was going to be Welker on steroids. You had a chance I'll to get Gurley in the second round, and you didn't get it? You didn't take it? No, I took Brandon Cooks. Oh, my God. I took God. Brandon Cooks.
0: Well, here's the deal. Dude, Gurley was coming off of a, sh- a shitty season where he's averaging like 3.4 yards a carry. And I wasn't yeah. sure how much of a difference the offense was going to be. The offensive line was shitty last year. But two, I thought Brandon Cooks, along with everybody in the freaking country, was going to have a monster year with Tom Brady. Because he has a mm-hmm. slot presence like Welker, but he also is a deep ball threat. So I was like, this yeah. guy is just going to kill it this year. Like, He's going to lead the damn NFL in receptions and all this other shit. And he was a bust. He was a bust in terms of how everybody drafted him, his expectations and everything. And I, and I was like, once David Johnson went down, like I I was, I was I had a bunch of really good receivers. I had no running backs. I was playing with fire at running all year. I was picking up people like Alex Collins, trying to slide them in. I was doing all kinds of shit. But yeah, I had a chance to get Todd Gurley and I blew it picking Brandon Cooks. So I was really pissed. Oh. Cooks is never playing for me again, ever. He's banned. Every year I have a, I have a, I have a, player that fucks me and I ban him from my team forever so he's done <laughs> he's never coming back um but, but yeah I uh I wouldn't mind uh Gurley getting the getting the NFL MVP I would have no issue with that I love Tom Brady he's one of my favorite players but I have no issue with Gurley getting it um if Tom Brady gets it I don't feel like you would have an argument against that either he led the league in passing yards and he, you know his touchdown to interception ratios at, at was damn impressive, especially for a forty year old. He he had the highest passer rating outside of Deshaun Watson. So uh yeah. Why would you not take him? You can take him as MVP too. They're going to the Super Bowl. They won thirteen mm-hmm. games. So yeah, I'm good I'm good with that.
1: And uh right. you know that's all I, all, I, all I really have to say about that one. And uh so you still got time for a little UFC two twenty talk? Yeah, go ahead. All right, we'll keep this brief. Uh, we'll just stick to the the, the main event. Um, but it was Steve Amioso against Francis Ngannou, and heading into the fight, Francis Ngannou was getting so much hype from the UFC, from the mass media. Like they were just pushing this guy crazy hard. And I, I'll admit, I thought he was going to knock Steve out because I've watched Steve's entire career inside the UFC and I remember him uh, getting uh, knocked out by well not knocked out but TKO'd by Stefan Struve and his first headlining fight and then I remember Alistair Overing dropping him with his first big punch in Stipe's first title defense so I'm just thinking you know and Ghanu hits harder than anybody in the history of MMA that has ever thrown a punch he's got the the, the most powerful punch that's ever been measured and I'm like, yeah. if this guy just hits Stipe once, he's in huge, huge, deep shit. And Stipe's gonna have to fight perfectly to, to get to not to avoid that. And I just didn't think he could because he hadn't really shown that great uh defensive striking or anything. And and holy shit did Stepe show up. I mean he went, he came out in that first round and Ghana was trying to tear his head off with every punch. And Stepe was chuking and jiving and ducking under and shooting for takedowns. And then the second he'd see an opening, he'd launch in a counter punch and he was using a lot of movement. I mean, it was it was a game of cat and mouse in the first round. You really thought that at any moment Ngana was just gonna tear Stepe's head off. Um, but he didn't do it. Like he landed one good punch and Stepe's eyes almost swelled completely shut from one punch. Yeah. Um, yeah. And didn't they
0: quick on the edge of my Yeah. Real quick Go ahead. on the power punching. Didn't they say that he punched his punching power measured twice that of McGregor's? I believe so. I mean he's a heavyweight too. Like, so
1: no, yeah, no, remember no, you no. can pull per, a lot more force well, if like you're twice part. the size. No, 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 no. no.
0: This was per pound. Like it was like a like a, Oh, a, I didn't know that. It was like a chain yeah. It was like how the hell am I supposed to it, They basically they flattened out the the playing field for that. I can't really Okay. I didn't I didn't know man. about that. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word to use, but they basically have leveled the playing field so it'd be like it it was equal.
1: And they said the it, punching the power, power punch. per pound type of thing. Yes. Yes, per that, pound that's amazing. If that's quiet. true because I mean, yeah. he already was was hitting that hard, but if he's that hard per, per per pound is even crazier, but yeah, I mean, this guy is scary. I mean, if you watched his knockout of uh, Arlovsky or Overeem, I mean, he literally like lifts dudes off the ground with his uppercuts when he knocks them out. It's like they go airborne yeah. briefly. That's how hard he hits them. So then what's your take on, on Stipe Dana White? Yeah. Well, you know, Dana is always following the money. And as much as I love Stipe, he's not the most marketable guy. He's, he's kind of a, you know, boring, jokester, cheesy white dude. And Francis Ngannou is a guy that you could market as the next Tyson. So, of course, Dana White was all aboard the Francis Ngannou hype train because he knew that he could make a lot more money with that guy. People would pay to watch this guy show up, fucking destroy someone in a minute, and then leave. Like, that's what happened with Ronda Rousey. That's what happened with a lot of, uh, you know, the great fighters that have made a shit ton of money. So...
0: Yeah, yeah, Dana a picture, like, with a and Stepe was on top of him. Like Dana White's basically hands like in his face, like shit. Yeah, he's just, just like fucking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah,
1: but so basically Stepe survived, played survival in the first round, and then the second and kind of starts to slow down. Stepe just started unloading on him in the second round, realized that it was going to be really difficult to knock this guy out on the feet. So Stepe started wrestling with him too. And then he just Basically took him down and or clinched for the next three rounds and easily won uh, a monster unanimous decision. I mean it I, was I thought a perfect game plan for a fight. I thought Stipe could have like tried to knock him out with ground and pound, but I think you know he was playing it a little more safe. So he I, I thought he could have finished him. it. Yeah, he I think I thought he could have went for a submission or or went for a ground and pound finish, but I think he was more focused on just. Keeping him in positions where Ngano couldn't hit him back, which I understand yeah. because when he did get hit, it hurt. <laughs> so and, I have to give math to Sibay, C- though, for fighting a perfect fight.
0: Yeah. And another thing it just exposed that Ngano was kind of, you no, know, he's just a one trick pony at this particular point in his career. He's only been in there for what, four years? I mean, he hasn't really,
1: yeah, you know, is, he hasn't is trained, is, jiu- trained or anything like that. Sibay C- was already in the UFC. Yeah, when he got it and, uh, started his first fight. Now to
0: keep it MMA on uh, UFC what what do you think of basically McGregor getting shift to that title?
1: Um it he deserved it? I mean, he's not def- he's never I, I defended so. one of himself. <laughs> he's never yeah. defended one. He beat Aldo and then he never fought at featherweight again and then they let him uh do his uh back his back-to-back fights against Nate Diaz. And then th- they gave him a title shot at lightweight. He beats Alvarez, and he never defended that belt.
0: <laughs> and yeah. it's
1: been I- I'm a, over I'm a years. major. I'm a major McGregor fan.
0: I, mean, I love McGregor, but yeah, at this point, I'm starting to get kind of tired of this himself. bullshit. Like you know, well, getting on there fighting and I'm just like, we need to
1: stop. He got a taste of that. Fuck you, Mayweather money, and he wants it in the UFC. I mean, he was making like in the tens of millions of dollars in the UFC, which is more than anybody else but when oh, yeah. he fights Mayweather and gets $100 million, you know that's eye-opening to him to see just how much more money he's been leaving on the table and so he wants a piece of that too and UFC's not going to do it <laughs> yeah. and they're playing hard. I
0: agree man but I I would like, they're saying that if, if uh, Khabib beats Ferguson that he may not give mcgregor that fight that's what he said because McC- i basically would. saying mcgregor as he's saying mcgregor has, would have one fight at that weight class and he wouldn't deserve it over the next challenger but i think that once he looks at the contract and realizes what kind of money he could be making he will <laughs> that's I mean, that that's that retirement money you know what
1: i mean yeah and, and honestly mcgregor against ferguson or habib would be a great fight like both of those guys are on massive streaks i think ferguson's won. Eleven in a row, and Habib's twenty-five and zero as a fighter. So either way, yeah. it's guys on tremendous streaks with a shit ton of confidence against McGregor. So I want to see either of those, and I hope that they're yeah. able to make it happen. Yeah. So um, real
0: quick, last one on MMA is uh, Blaine, one of the guys that started that belly up with us. He sent me a video of Aaron Pico, who just mm-hmm. KO'd to do with a liver with a liver
1: shot. Did you see that? Yes, I did. That was at Watch the Bellator, Bellator on Saturday night. Yeah, he was fighting oh the guy, my and God, it was one of the best body punch knockouts I've ever seen. Do you know much about Aaron Pico? Uh,
0: I know everything about Aaron Pico. I'm a huge wrestling yeah. fan, and I watched him in okay, person yeah. at Iron Man high, as, as a high school
1: freshman. He's a, mo- mm-hmm. he's a monster, and it was crazy. Like Bellator had so much hype behind him when he first got signed. And then and he, got like, KO'd. he didn't want, yeah, he didn't, well, he didn't get KO'd. He got rocked on the feet in his first fight. He faced a guy that had like 12 fights in his MMA debut because he wanted to get thrown right in the fire right away. And he faced a guy and that guy rocked him right away and then choked him out in like less than a minute. But you know what? Well, he, he got choked uh, out. I thought he got ground and pound for some reason. Yeah, it was choked out. I'm almost positive. Um, and then... But you know what? He got back on the horse. Uh He faced people that were a little bit lower level of competition but still guys that weren't making their debut or anything. And in his next two yeah. fights, he's absolutely mauled guys. So he's yep. still a guy that I can't wait to see fight. I just wish that they had not uh, thrown him so deep into the fire right away for his debut. Yeah, Even like if 20, he didn't like the old wrestling. Old. yeah, Yeah, he's crazy young and he is extremely talented. So I'm really excited well, they, to see them develop they, him because they he, he, has him the potential he was like 17. He might've been 16 yep. when Bellator signed him. Yeah. They so signed him to signed like a developmental Seattle. contract, like a futures contract type of situation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he, he was, he was our future for our wrestling. Like uh, he was still, he was just graduating high school, but he was, you know, kind of, he was like homeschool type situation, but um, he should have made our Olympic team when we just went and just let past Olympics. He he lost he lost on like basically a last second move. It was a four point move by Frank Mal- Molinaro. But yeah, he should have been on our Olympic team at that at the age of 19. And uh, yeah, it would have been it would have been amazing for actually I think he might have been 18. But he he had some big time wins under his belt under the in the freestyle wrestling rankings and the dude's just a monster. And now he's fighting uh, Bellator and that was that was always his plan from the from the get go. That's why he skipped college. Well, he still goes to college, but he he didn't wrestle in college. He's taking like yeah. classes now, like through like a so, like Northern Colorado or some place like that. And uh, but yeah, he he he's I think that he's got a major future in MMA. I think he'll be a champ one day. And that and that that body shot was just so fast, and the way he just like he was a he was a, a junior Olympic champ. Like he mm-hmm. he he's a state champ, national champ for boxing for boxing. So not only was he one of the best wrestlers in the whole entire world for his age, he um, he's one of the best boxers in the entire country for his age. And, yeah, that, that body shot was just so fast. He faded with that right and just like, bam, left right to the liver. He just collapsed him. And it was just like that sound was just like so clean. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was some Tyson shit right there. It
1: was. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get more towards uh, wrapping things up. Uh, do you have any rants of the week or anything, or was that more geared towards uh, the Philly fans? It was more geared towards the Philly fans. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, but I do have a couple of gems if you guys are up for it. Yeah. yeah let's All hear right, it. let's do it. M's Gems time. <laughs> if it'll <laughs> so, this, <laughs> this week for Hems Gems, we have a couple things. Um, first off, I want people to check out uh, a couple things on Netflix. Planet Earth 2 is on Netflix. I think it's the greatest nature documentaries that have ever existed. If you haven't seen it, um, there's just one section on these hatching sea iguanas running away from snakes. Uh, running for their lives right after hatching, like that's that's like just from the first episode. But if you just watch the whole (laughs) thing, there are just fucking insane. Some of the craziest best television that's ever been made, and uh, highly highly recommend checking out Planet Earth Two. It's on Netflix, Um, and then also on Netflix is The Good Place. I had no idea what this was. I just it was recommended to me. I went and checked it out, and it was got kirsten bell ted Danson, and basically kirsten bell dies and she gets sent to heaven but she was a terrible person and they got got it wrong and uh she's trying to like keep up the lie so she doesn't get sent to hell so it's a very (laughs) interesting concept for a show and um the the further you go into it the more interesting it gets the more plot twists and all kinds of crazy stuff happens it's just a really unique concept for a show so highly recommend checking that one out as well so i'll keep them short since we're going to be doing two shows a week i don't hey, want to just i, I do got one right away Speaking oh you got netflix, one huh
0: i got one for you uh black mirror on netflix oh yeah man that's like the that's like I've, the twilight zone I've, of yeah. our era
1: yes I have been addicted to Black Mirror since the first episode, when uh, the the Prime Minister of England has to screw a pig on national television. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, um, so I watched that and I was like, "This is this is something new." Like, holy shit! Like jaw dropping. Yes, like new characters,
0: stuff. new stories every time. And mm-hmm. I, the one that I and watched that I really liked was these. You basically, you get this like handheld thing, and these. It's when they're dating. Did you see that one where they? they get like uh matched up with
1: different people yep. and you get to that one was it's, my favorite of the new season
0: yeah it's got like uh, the uh how much time you get to spend with them so you have to spend like mm-hmm. two years with these people and at the end if you don't if you're not the exact match you go and you just basically go to a new person
1: that shit was cool yep. that was an awesome yeah. episode and i hope it wins them some awards yeah. and shit so yeah, yeah. highly but, recommend definitely so, yep, so I am all aboard the black mirror train. I I, I can't remember. I just couldn't remember if I'd ever even recommended that one. So, uh, yeah, but the new season just came out. So if you haven't watched it, please do. It is spectacular. So, all right. I think that'll yep. do it for just about everything we had for today's show. So we'll be back on Thursday night. Uh, we'll probably be doing some UFC previews and then just whatever else crazy shit has gone on in the world of sports in the last cu- in the next couple of days. And then we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming of Monday night at 10 p.m. and Thursday nights at 10 p.m. moving forward. So just remember, tonight was just a one-off because of the debut of uh, Belly Up, uh, the Belly Up website. So make sure to check in with us Mondays and Thursdays. We'll be posting all of our archived podcasts on the Belly Up site, uh, our SoundCloud, our YouTube, uh, and our Facebook page as well. So make sure to check all of that stuff out. Do you have any closing words, Brandon? Yeah, just like I said, we just started the Belly Up
0: Sports. We're really excited and we're really pushing this hard. Check us out at, uh, at Belly Up sports on Twitter, Belly Up Sports on Facebook. BellyUpSports.com is our is our website. And check out my blogs. Um, Blaine will be writing some blogs. Brian will be writing some blogs if he has the time. I know Mike's looking into writing some blogs. and. So, uh, you know, we're going to be blogging it up and if you guys have anybody out there is interested in writing for that, um we'll be happy to let you publish your stuff on our site, you know, get your word out there if there's any we're talking about this um if there's college students out there trying to get uh, build up their resume for when they graduate and they say, "Hey, you know, I've been writing for this site." You know, y- we can do that for you, you know, internships, stuff like that. So, um yeah, check us out bellyup. Uh, bellyupsports.com @bellyupsports and bellyupsports for the for the uh, Facebook and uh, check us out. Like us, share us, you know, we're going to be doing some giveaways that uh, get our name out there. So super pumped. That's pretty much it. And uh, all right, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and go out with uh, fucking that uh, Rick roll.
1: <laughs> get Rick rolled, bitches. <laughs> yeah.